Real Deal with a Kill. Back with another episode. This time with three-time award Emmy Award-winning journalist, the anchor of ABC 13, Chauncey Glovis in the Got Dog Building. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing well, man. Thanks. How you a doing? A fellow NABJ member. That's I didn't even know you was at NABJ. I mean, we talked about that. I didn't even know you was there. I was there like the last three years. Yeah, I, uh, NABJ, actually, um, we were talking about my project today, the Johnson Glove Project. Two years ago, NABJ gave me uh, the community, uh, a community award, the Angelo B. Henderson Community Award for the work we do. Oh, wow. Congrats. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I never miss NABJ. I try not to. Yeah, and I, I want to talk about that project too later, a little bit later on the show. But I want to get back to like your 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 history. Yeah. So you've been you've been anchoring since the age of six. <laughs> like you had the love for anchoring at that at that age. I did. It was it was weird. So uh, my parents told me I've always this is something I've always wanted to do ever since right. I was a little kid, and uh, and they identified that, and thankfully they nurtured that, uh, put me in speaking uh, and speech lessons and public speaking lessons, and. Um, and my dad built me a little anchor desk, and right. after Sunday church, I would sit down with the family and do a little mock newscast and all that. So, uh, just something I always wanted to do. And uh, when I tell people I'm living my dream, I'm literally, uh, I am living my dream because uh, ever since I was a kid, this is all I can remember doing. This and, of course, theater and acting. That's all I wanted to do. And you started off. You didn't start off in Houston. You started off some somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, my first was job it? was in Columbus, Columbus, mm-hmm. Georgia. Right. Yeah, then, uh, of course, you know, in TV news, you bounce around and yeah. you get to the big markets. But I started off in Columbus, Georgia, then moved to Jacksonville, Florida, and then Detroit. And mm-hmm. now I'm here in Houston. Because you, what college you, you went to Troy? Troy, yeah. Troy University. Troy University. Was they big on journalism over there? They were. So it's a huge, uh, it's a huge journalism department. Uh, I won't say huge, but it's not a lot of students, but it's, uh, uh, the, the, the education there is huge. They have a mm. good program, uh, and that focuses on, uh, broad, the broadcast side. Like we have a, a TV station. We do news. We have different shows that we do, and it's all student ran. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, Troy University, great college. Uh, loved, my experience there and they taught me all about tv news and when you was in college how much sacrificing you had to do to get to the point you at now because i know in journalism you had to sacrifice something yeah 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 well not so much in college uh but when you when you get out and get you know get your job there's a there's a lot you do sacrifice uh Mm -hmm. you know being a public figure being a a, you know an anchorman or a a news reporter of being somewhat uh, on on TV every day and being that community figure, um, you know, you just there's certain things you can't do, certain right. things you got to give up, and uh, then with my with the schedule, you know, uh, TV news is nonstop, so right. uh, you may have a vacation plan, but a story breaks, a big story, breaking news story, and you've got to you got to go to the story. Um, so it's a lot of sacrifices, but I, I tell young journalists or people who are aspiring to be journalists that it takes a special person, especially nowadays because of the climate of news and so much uh, happening. Um, you know, you you have to definitely have the heart for it and be invested in it. I, I know, I know. When you said that you could see yourself doing it since the age of six, but when was that point that you said, "Okay, I do belong"? as one of the top anchors, not only in the state of Texas, but in the nation. You know, it, it's so crazy. So I, I remember my mom, who was very over, 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 overzealous. Right. She would stop the the news people in the vans and make them pull over yeah. and show me the inside. And she did that one time. And I remember looking in the van and I, 
I was like, wow, this is so cool. This is what I want to do, you know. Right. Um, so it, it happened for me young, knowing that that is exactly what I wanted to do. But uh, when I when I started as a working journalist in Columbus, Georgia, and also in Jacksonville, and I, I learned the power of my words, the power mm-hmm. of my stories, um, because news and, and TV news, you know, television, once you put something out there, it's out there. Right. So you have to understand that you have to watch everything you say and how you say it and what you put out. Right. Uh, so uh, when I started to see that, hey, I can say something, and it could it can make an impact. It could change someone's life. Uh, life. It could it, it, it could change someone's perception of, of something. Mm-hmm. It could educate someone. It could heal someone. Right. It could warn someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so in uh, in Columbus, like my second year, that's when it, the light bulb was like, okay, all right, this yeah. is this is where I belong. And I know you said too in your bio that that um, you covered the Sandy Hook shooting. Yeah. How was that? How was that experience? That was draining. I was there in Sandy Hook for an entire week. And it was just, it was, uh, you know, when, when you go on scenes, there's a lot of commotion, a lot of chaos. You know, news people, the producers are talking, the photographers are getting set up, the cameras are, you know, being, you know, set in place, and there's a lot going on. You're trying to get information. All the reporters are pounding the pavement. But right. Sandy Hook was a bit different. It was this calmness. It was this eerie feeling. It was just this feeling of... You know, when you're talking about that many children and the right. scene and what happened, uh, people just we didn't we didn't want to talk about it, and right. it was um, it was just a, a different feeling from most big breaking news scenes right. that I've been on. Right? Did you cover the uh, Santa Fe shooting as well too? Yeah, I covered the Santa Fe shooting as well. So was. Can you can like compare and contrast just on the coverage right. cover standpoint? It was a little different. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, they, they some aspects were the same or were, were uh, similar, but it, it was different because um, number one in Sandy Hook you had more people killed, and uh, and I say people, but we're talking about children. These are right. children who were in elementary an elementary class, you know, learning the basics, and mm-hmm. you know, an an adult for mm-hmm. whatever reason wants to go and just kill little innocent lives like that like nobody could understand it and not saying that the teenagers or the older um, students lives you know did not matter in the santa fe shooting but it was just on two different levels but Mm -hmm. um but you know the 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 point is whether it's one or two or three or 23 or 10 as Mm -hmm. we saw there in santa fe um it it if it's senseless, it's senseless. Right. And uh, so that's that. That's one thing that, um, that that's definitely true within both right. of them. Have you, talked, have you talked to anybody covering these school shootings, Santa Fe or Sandy Hook, that say, okay, when is going to be a time when they're going to have higher security at these schools? Let me tell you, we talk about it every time. Every time we have another school shooting, we'll, we'll hear about – um, the local school leaders coming up with different ways to protect their children and protect the students. And then we'll see another one and then you'll do the same thing. Uh, you know, I, I personally think we're going to have to start locking these schools down, no matter what side of town you're on, whether it's a high crime area right. uh, or whether it's a, a, a nice school out in the suburbs. I think the climate that we are in today, they are going to have to do uh, a more strategic, a more, a more boisterous, uh, job and and it's sad that we've come to that, but I think right. we need metal detectors at every single school. And you need to be checking those students as they go in. I say the same thing because it's it's happening. I mean, right. not only is it happening, it's like, and I and it's sad, but I tell people for every one, 
there's going to be another one. That, I mean, the, the trend, mm-hmm. you know, and it just keeps happening and happening and happening. Right. Um, and, you know, of course, the schools are, are common, but, you know, it's happening. You know, you had the movie theaters, you know, we had yeah. the co- concerts, you know, here uh. you know, so there's there, we've got to do more to combat that and to also make sure we protect our children who are um, doing what they should be doing in school yeah. learning. And you shouldn't have to worry about, you know, whether I'm going to go to school and, um, you know, die or whether I'm going to make it back home or not. Right. And I, and I also read that you said in one story you ne- you would never forget that you were sent on breaking news to a school where two students had been shot by a coach after they tried to rob them. Yeah. So Jesus uh, Christ, Johnson. Yeah. So two two students at MLK High School um, in Detroit they tried to rob uh, the basketball coach there, and they played um, on the team. Uh, no, no, not two stu- not two basketball players. It was just the coach. The coach was coming out. It was later at night. The coach was coming out from practice, walking right. to his truck and. According to police, they uh, the two students tried to rob him. Um, so they found one of the students, and uh, they rushed him to the hospital. They couldn't find the other suspect, but he had shot. They Both of them had been shot. The coach had a gun on him and shot both of them. And I'm getting ready for my newscast, about to do the breaking news and getting mic'd up and all of that. And I look over in the median, and there's something in the median. And it's, it's that second suspect. It's a teenage boy. And he's uh, he's been shot, and he's in the ditch, and he's literally dying. And I just felt so helpless; I could not do anything. And right. uh, I just I, I felt I felt very bad, and I I couldn't get I couldn't get his face and what happened, and you know I couldn't get it out of my mind. And I ended up having a chance to speak with his mother, and I interviewed his mother, and she told me, you know, Chauncey, he wasn't a bad kid; he just got caught up in the wrong crowd. I, she said, I couldn't, I did what I could. I couldn't show him more, you know. She's right. like, he, he knew the streets. His, his daddy knew the streets. His cousins knew the street. This is what he was around. Um, so that's what inspired me to actually start the Chauncey Glover Project. I yeah. went back to his um, his school, and I talked to the principal, and I asked for his friends. Yeah. I said, I want, would like to mentor his friends to keep them from going down that same path. And that's what I did. And then it yeah. kept going and snowballed into a, a 501c3. And uh, here I am in my fifth year. Uh, I was three years in Detroit, and uh, this is my second year having the organization in in Houston. Yeah, and, t- and talk more about that about the uh, the project as well. So it's a hands-on mentoring organization. We uh, we mentor young men who need that extra push. Uh, most a lot of our kids uh, don't have male role models, positive role mm-hmm. models in their lives. A lot of them, their dads may be in jail or they don't have a good relationship with their dads. Um, uh, a lot of single moms, uh, even some kids being raised by grandmom. Uh, but we we have empowerment sessions every other weekend, and we teach them um, everything from public speaking, uh, mm-hmm. how to dress, uh, dress for success. Uh, we do um, gentlemen one on one, where we teach them about chivalry and mm-hmm. social media etiquette, right. uh, etiquette, uh, financial responsibility. Uh, but one of the greatest aspects that uh, I like about the program is our. Um, a go to high school, graduate, and go to college program that we have for our gents, which are our seniors. So right. we provide that pathway. We were there in the beginning. We we tutor them. We get their ACT scores up. We're identifying where they want to go to college. We're reaching out to those colleges. Um, we're applying for scholarships. We're, we do the FAFSA for them, and uh-huh. uh, we literally do everything to make sure these boys are accepted into college. They go to college, and that they have uh, tuition paid for when they go. Uh-huh. And was there any like compelling stories that the students had this year? Oh yeah, I mean, we have uh, we were on another show earlier today and talking with uh, one of our students, Quentin Quentin Haynes, mm-hmm. 
Quentin Haynes is um, he graduated from uh, graduated from Westfield High School. Okay, and um, just a, an exceptional young man. He he was homeless. He and his um, family, his mom uh, and his two younger brothers and two younger sisters. And he told me the story about uh, remembering uh, uh, sleeping on a park bench in the park and his mom um, sort of holding him and making sure his brothers and sisters were okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had to stay up sometimes just to watch and make sure nobody was, you know, doing anything crazy and, you know, trying to, you know, cause any harm to them. Uh, and you're homeless and you, you sleep, as he says, under the stars. And yeah. he would wake up off the park bench and they would load up in her PT, in mom's PT cruiser, and she would drop him off at school, pick him wow. up. They would go wherever, whatever, and end the night back sleeping on that bench. And it's always every year around the same time. The gala. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we okay. Get, the great, the, the black tie gala in the, in the, the uh, project is two different things. Right. Well, it's no, it's a, uh, it's the so the black tie gala is the. Uh, it's a fundraiser for the, okay. the organization. Gotcha. So, yeah, so we the program start. We picked them up. Uh, so, like, we just accepted our second class, uh, our, our third class, but we're about to graduate our second class. So it kind of runs into each other. So we work with them a year. So the boys that we will send to college next year, we just accepted them, and we'll be working with them all throughout the summer, all throughout the school year. And right. then they'll graduate next May, and then we'll have our gala for them in June. So the group right now that just graduated and that we're going to celebrate for – in the gala, right. we've been working with them for an entire year, and, and I all seen of them have been accepted into college. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. And I and I've seen too the um, the people that you have for awards, like Adrian Peterson. Is yes, as far as that. so, how do you pick the the people for each? Each one, you know, each category. I, I work with uh, we, we do nominations. I also work with the students and I try to get people who are really in line with what um, we value with the Chauncey Glover Project, uh, of course, which you know. We value our youth, and especially our young men, our right. young men, excuse me. And we want to make sure that we honor those who are aligned in, in, in that and, um, and, mm. and making sure that we are changing that next generation. Um, so I know Adrian Peterson, for instance, he does a lot of work uh, within the, the Sunnyside Third Ward community. He just yeah. did a crime walk. Uh, we know he's really big into child literacy. So we those are the people we want to highlight because we know the importance of making sure that our young people uh, have good resources, that our young people are mentored, and that mm. our young people have positive role models because we talk about uh, the plight of the young black male these days. We talk about the uh, the shootings that we've seen. The, right. uh, and, and we talk about what's going on all across the country, um, the division. And, you know, uh, in the matter of black, in the in the, the environment of, um, in the time of Black Lives Matter, I, I take a, a different approach. You know, n- not that I think anything is wrong with um, the Black Lives Matter, but, yeah. you know, at some point we have to stop marching and we have to do something. At some point we have to stop making these signs and yeah. waiting on the next. You never um, get past like, stage yeah, one. It, yeah, never get. So my, my thing is and my goal is to uh, raise up a, 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 another generation 
and these young men who are coming up now, I think we have to empower them, educate them, make sure they go to college so they can be police chiefs, though they can be judges. So when these cases come across, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, into their courtroom, they know uh, they have a special connection to it. And um, and, you know, and and also I, I think there's there's an opportunity for us to really, really change the paradigm when it comes to. Uh, when it comes to race you know, right. in, in our world by it's not so much us. We can do some things, but I think it's this next generation that we have to empower to get them on the right track. Because if right. we don't, it's just a never ending cycle that keeps going and going. Exactly. And we'll keep, keep seeing more and more. Same results. Yeah. Who else are you going to have in attendance? Oh, so we have a lot of uh, local celebrities who will come and local leaders, the parents of the boys come and um, the community members. We've gotten it out and uh, and tickets are still on sale if you guys want to go out and get tickets. But um, mm-hmm. but uh, so a lot of our, some more of our honorees, uh, uh, Monica and Darian, Darian and Monica Lewis from the School of Etiquette, mm-hmm. uh, the Monica Lewis School of Etiquette. They um, they do a lot of uh, corporate teaching and they teach a lot of young people uh, the importance of proper etiquette, meaning yeah. you, know, you table etiquette and social media etiquette you'd be surprised and they do come in and they do a session with our boys you'd be surprised mm. how many young people don't know you know just the the, the proper handshake right uh, don't, don't don't know what to wear to a certain job interview right um so even our young men you know they come to us a lot of them don't know how to tie a tie i personally yeah. think every young man needs to know how to tie a tie i just learned uh three years ago i learned on youtube <laughs> i learned how to uh, tie a tie it, i was struggling at first chauncey but now i got it down packed i'm teaching other people how to tie a tie. right there you go you have to come teach my boys give them some good lessons but i see i see the list right here so you have asian peterson for the you are fearless award then uh dr ralph douglas yep Sean Taylor, Dan Monica Lewis, like you said, Warren Luck- Luckett, Marcus Boz. I see one one local celebrity is missing. I'm missing on that list. Honestly, <laughs> why? I'm, I'm not on this list. What, what's, we'll, what is going on? We'll have to see next, next year, year. We can get you on the list after you have done some stuff with some local youth. Oh, I, I do local, local youth stuff all the time. I used to be a camp cool. counselor at uh, the YMCA a couple of years. I was a camp counselor at TSU's camp. Uh, they had so you got it. So we, three three time. Maybe you can get right in. We can write you in. Yeah, do write write me in write me in for this year. But then uh, twenty nineteen, I want to be imprinted. Gotcha. On the uh, gotcha. on right down the red carpet. I got you. <laughs> so I see. I see you. You're an actor as well. You yeah, do acting? I, yeah, I've uh, I, I studied theater, and uh, you know, I, if I wasn't a, a news anchor, a news reporter, I would more than likely be in LA acting or something. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the creative side uh, to mm-hmm. that, um, and you know, I just never had the guts though to just break off and and you know <laughs> go out there and wait tables and you know yeah. audition and audition and be that starving artist I'm like I need a constant paycheck yeah, and, <laughs> yeah I like, feel no. you know so I just never I don't know then I I just had a, a great love for journalism and, and, and writing and, uh, and telling stories and um, and so I, I think I am where God wants me to be would you still do like a rose mic can you hey oh in a minute yeah. and you know sometimes I still toil with that sometimes I say okay how long am I going to be in TV do right. am I gonna, you know? Uh, and I'm—I'll be 33 this summer, so I'm like, okay. 
you know, what, what's the next move? Do I go and head on to LA and, you know, still do the acting stuff yeah. and see if that'll happen for me? But, uh, but yeah, so yeah, those are, that's, that's what I grew up doing. My parents, and I'm thankful for great parents who made sure that, uh, I participated in, you know, uh, theater classes and drama lessons and all that. And I got to be in plays and, you know, they made me go to church and, uh, yeah. go to these different churches and do performances with different things. So, right. uh, so yeah, I like, I like the creative side to, you know, acting and, and writing and all of that. So, so what's next for you? Uh, I know you're still going to be at ABC doing your thing over there. So what else you have in, in store with the project? And then everything else. Right now, I'm just trying to get through this. It is so much work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to get through this uh, big fundraiser, um, the, our Black Tie Gala next Friday at the Hobby. I'm trying to get through that. And after that, I'm going to take a vacation. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. take, take some rest. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, it's right back to work with ABC 13. So where can people get tickets for the uh, Black Tie Gala? You can uh, go to any of my social media pages. Um, I'm Chauncey on TV on Instagram or Chauncey Glover on Twitter as well as um, uh, Facebook. But you can go to the Hobby Center, their website, and search for uh, the Chauncey Glover Project event. And you can buy your tickets right there online. So this year you're going to be attending NBJ, right? Detroit? Yes, I will be in Detroit. And, and you told the story how somebody got robbed. In Detroit, was that downtown or was that uh, on the outskirts? No, it was right downtown. It was right downtown where the hotel, the NBJ Convention Center is going. Yeah. To be. But you know, Detroit sometimes gets a bad rap. Detroit, I love Detroit. Yeah, I love that city. Um, and now you're gonna they've they've done so much right. in that city. Downtown is is booming. Um, uh, it's it's safer there in many areas, so mm-hmm. it's not the, the Detroit that you you may be used to or okay. you heard about or the Detroit that you see. Uh, I don't want to have to, you know, I'll try, I don't want to go out there, you know, <laughs> get get some type of weapon just for for self defense. I don't want to get robbed with my suit uh, on. But you, but listen, in, in Houston. You, you you go to some areas. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just as bad. Let's tell. Yeah, the I'm truth. from Mo City, you know. <laughs> right. So we we already know how it go down over there. You know, you have to come from the slug. I have to come from the dirt, from the ground up in Mo City. Right. You know, and in Stafford, Sugarland. This is tough out there, Chauncey. It do. So I, I, it gets tough. But I don't want to. You know, Detroit should be a good one. Detroit should be a good NBJ. Yeah, it will. I mean, I, and I think people are are eager to see Detroit because there's yeah. a new Detroit out there. And um, and I think people are eager to see it, and you know, and I, it, it, it's also in a predominantly you know African American city, and right. you're celebrating um, you know black journalism and black journalists from across the country. Right. Um, so I think it's uh, it's going to be a good one. I right. can't wait. Well, two more questions before I get out of here. Yeah. One, what's the advice you'll give to aspiring journalists that's in high school, middle school, college right now that's still trying to find their way? I say prepare to work hard. Um, know that you're going to have to be better. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to show up to work earlier. You're going to leave later. Your teeth has to be brighter. Your tie has to look better. You have to be better. There is no room for mistakes. There's no room for mediocrity. Um, you have to work hard. Uh, this is a field that's changing. Uh, you have to change with it. It's a huge social media uh, component to it that you have to know in and out. Uh, you got to read. You got to be knowledgeable. You got to know how to write. 
You got to know how to write. You got to know how to write. No, writing is important. Students that you know want to, they think about the glitz and glam on TV and all of this, uh, and they forget that no, I'm, I'm writing what I say. You know, my mm-hmm. stories. I, I, I write that. Right. Um, so uh, that's one of the things that I feel like some young journalists or aspiring journalists who just see the flashing lights and the cameras and they want to jump in front of the camera. But uh, nowadays, more than ever. Uh, being a journalist, you have to be accountable and responsible and know what you're talking about. And they forget that the people that they say on TV, they didn't start on TV. Right. You had to start writing, yeah. probably behind the scenes, and Something. then get in yeah. front of the camera. Right. So what's, what's the advice you get? What, not advice. How important is for people that's aspiring journalists is to attend NABJ? Oh, very, very, very important. NABJ, I tell people, I started going to NABJ in college. I went to NABJ, my first job. I I got another job through NABJ. I am a firm believer in NABJ, and I try to never miss one. Uh, But every single job that I, well, most of them, uh, you know, that I've had has had some type of connection to NABJ, whether I met a news director or a a news manager at NABJ, and then they remembered me and Mm -hmm. got my resume real. But it's just a great way for journalists to come together and and what I call, you know, sharpen each other. Right. You get to see people and and hear about what they're doing in their markets. Um, And then I love the fact that you can go there and, and leave with a job, possibly, or with yeah. a job, uh, you know, prospect. You can do that at NABJ, and I think now we need to have those uh, seasoned journalists and those people who really, really know what they're talking about to critique these young people to say, "Hey, no, you don't do that." And every year, that's one of the my highlights. I sit down with, uh, I run the ABC booth, and I I sit down with a young journalist, and they come and they show me their resume reel, mm-hmm. and you would be surprised. I mean, I, I mean. The, 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 some of the young ladies, the, the choices that they wear and dresses, um, quite questionable. Y- y- yes, as well <laughs> as some of the things that the you know the young men are wearing. And I'm glad NABJ gives us that channel to say, hey, you don't need to wear that anymore. Right. That's not a that's not a good look, or that's not a that's not professional, or you're not right. going to get another job that way. Yeah, my rule is going to be quite different. I'm going to take the best of this podcast and send it so to people like, hey, Chance, we think about this this uh, this reel I have. Yeah. Best of. Hey, it works. I yeah, seen it I seen somebody shoot uh, last year. Quick story. A girl still in college. You go to uh, Milwaukee, which think it's called Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I think I forgot what it's called. Milwaukee University. She had a list full of people, Chance. I'm talking USA Today, New York Times, L.A. News, everything. But she know how to produce. The uh, right, she don't be on camera, you know. But she has to write, do photos. She like all in one. So people that's listening, NABJ is important. Chauncey Glover, AK Real Double Kill, appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. We out.